Forget facts. Forget logic. Forget everything that seems real. Just trust. Believe. <laughs> This happened in 2009 when I was 19 years old and living in Colorado. It was a couple of weeks before Christmas and my mom was having to foreclose on our house due to some things going on that our home insurance didn't cover. At this time, I was going through a lot. I had gotten fired from my job, was going through a bad breakup with an abusive boyfriend who I had also lost most of my friends over. So I was pretty depressed and very alone. To top it all off, I had nowhere to go. My mom up and decided that she wanted everyone to move out and get their own place so that she could be on her own after everything was said and done with the house. All of her kids were grown and she was ready to start a new life. This was normal for my mom. She would move us practically every year and quote unquote start over. When things got ugly and boring, my mom would find a new job in a different city or state, and that would be that. Anyway, being that I moved around a lot, I still had friends in other states, but no one that I could just call up and ask to stay with. I didn't want to be a burden with how I was already feeling about myself and what road I was unwillingly on with my life. I had a friend in Alabama that I knew from MySpace. I had never met her in person, but we would talk on the phone and message each other all of the time. I considered her a good friend for a couple of years before all of this happened. We'll call her Jen. Jen also had a boyfriend, who we'll call Ray. Jen was awesome. We shared the same taste in music, movies, and our humor was on point with each other. I had told her what was going on with my mom and how I didn't have anywhere to go. Jen seemed excited to let me know that she and Ray were moving into a house together and that they would have an extra room to spare. She went on to tell me that she could easily get me a job at Pizza Hut, where she used to work. She was still friends with the manager and was willing to put in a good word for me. I hopped on that shit. I was so excited and grateful. Also, I was always up for spontaneous adventures, and I was excited to finally meet Jen in person. I bought my ticket to go out to Alabama fairly quickly after that. It was about two weeks later, and I was on a plane. Jen picked me up at the airport, and the fun had already started. We were both super excited to meet each other, but it was like we had been hanging out for years. The car ride from the airport to the house was loud with a lot of music and laughing. When we got to Jen's place, there were movers and family members helping with the move. They had let me know that they had one more trip left to the new house before they were done. Jen introduced me to everyone, and I helped pack a few things into the car. 
When we got to the house, I noticed how old it was. Lots of character, to say the least. This house had about three acres of land and no fence. It sat on the corner of a quiet, woodsy neighborhood. It was very old. A white house with one window on each side of the front door. It was a little run down. It almost looked like it had been abandoned from the outside. Bright green grass and trees surrounding the property helped to make it look much more inviting than it really was. We went inside and I sensed that something was off. Now I have always been someone who is sensitive to spirits and energies surrounding me, but not in a religious way. And no way have I ever been religious or even believed in heaven or hell. I believe that humans are made up of energy inside these meat sacks. And when we die, our energy is released back into the universe where it came from. So on and so forth. When I walked into this house, I don't know if it was the bad lighting or old carpeting, or maybe the layout was just getting to me, since I am well aware of how sensitive I am to those environmental things. So I didn't really think much of it. I was in a state that I had never been in before with people that I had never met in person, all in an old, creaky house that I had never stayed in. So I shrugged it off for the most part and felt heavy, just dark and heavy. A few weeks went by and we all got settled into this house. Ray was planning on having a housewarming party and invited his family to come over for a barbecue one night. Ray had his two younger brothers, sister, mom, and dad, and a few friends and their wives come over for this barbecue. One of his younger brothers was around my age, maybe about two years younger, making him 17 years old. We'll call him Daniel. Daniel and I got along pretty well, being that we were closer in age than anyone else at the house besides Jen. We were in the living room playing Tiger Woods PGA Tour while everyone else was outside socializing and helping with the food. Now to give you a picture of the house, when you first walk in from the front door, you're in the living room. To the far right of the door is the dining area. There is a doorway on the left side of the dining room that leads to the kitchen that is set between the living room and the dining room, and then another door on the left side of the living room that leads to the bedrooms and the bathroom. There's also a door off the dining room which allows you to access the right side of the house leading to the side of the backyard, which is where everyone else was while Daniel and I were inside. I hope this makes sense. Daniel and I are playing a video game for a while when out of nowhere, a deep, guttural, hideously sinister growl fills the entire front of the house. I'm getting chills right now just typing this out. I can still hear and feel how heavy and deep this growl was. And those words do no justice in explaining how demonic this thing sounded. It was like the entire house had a speaker in every single wall, turned up as loud as they could go. And someone or something just released every ounce of hate and anger that it had. Within the first few seconds, both mine and Daniel's first reaction was to quickly turn our heads and stare at each other with our mouths and eyes wide open. We were in shock. We couldn't move. I couldn't tell you where it came from. Maybe outside near the back door, the kitchen, the side of the house where everyone was. 
No, this came from inside. All around us, it filled the entire house with this sound tornado of rage. Daniel shot up after the growl stopped, peeked into the kitchen and saw nothing. We stayed quiet for a moment, until I yelled. What the actual fuck was that? I have no idea, he said in a scared and confused tone. You think it was one of the family members? Maybe they could be fucking with us? I asked. Daniel didn't have time to answer as his brother and sister walked in with plates of food. Did you guys hear that? I asked his brother and sister. They looked at me confused. Hear what? They said. Me and Daniel looked at each other with fear and confusion. Are you guys fucking with us from outside? I asked in a hopeful tone. What are you talking about? His sister asked. When we explained what had happened, they gave us a I have no idea what you're talking about look and said that they heard nothing, saw nothing, and no one was messing with anyone. Oh, and dinner is ready. I didn't bother pushing it. I already knew everyone was outside. I knew Daniel and I were the only ones in the house, and honestly, I was just happy that I wasn't alone. No one would have believed it if I were alone. I probably would have even doubted myself had Daniel not been there. Daniel and I talked about it for a couple of minutes, and then we didn't. It was like, as soon as dinner started and we sat at the table, we just accepted that it was a weird thing that happened and that we most likely would never get any answers as to what the fuck it was or where it came from. Though I know from the way that it sounded and how it made me feel, that thing came straight from hell. Coming from someone that isn't religious at all or ever even believing in heaven or hell to begin with, I believe in demons after this experience. The growl lasted about five seconds, long enough to know that I wasn't just hearing things or believe for even one second that it was someone messing with us. To even believe it was a human that made that noise, I would be in complete denial. I didn't question it. I knew it was something not of this world. I could feel my stomach churning and a knot in my throat. I still had to live in that house, even though nothing like that ever happened. The rest of my time in that house was fun. I stayed with Jin and Ray for a few months until I couldn't anymore. Jin had done a few shady things toward me as a friend, and also cheated on Ray with his second younger brother, in their own bed. Jin and I weren't getting along. I went through a terrible depression living in that house, worse than it had been before moving to Alabama. It was always dark and cold, and I never felt like I was okay. I never slept well, was always angry, and would lock myself in my room when I wasn't working. It was like a shadow was hovering over me 24-7. Looking back on all of the shitty things that happened in that house, I believe that whatever was living there prior to our move, it fed off of me and had bad energies. It made Jen turn into this complete piece of shit. I eventually left that house and stopped talking to them. My journey didn't stop there with my living situation, and I coasted for a year until ending up back in Colorado, 
It's been 11 years since this happened, and I can still hear how loud and powerful that growl was. Looking back, I'm positive that whatever kind of spirit or demon that thing was, it latched onto me while living there. It never left after that growl. It made itself known, and then it hid, feeding off my negative energy and making my depression worse. I don't know if Jin and Ray are still living in that house or if they're even still together. But I hope for their sake, they moved and worked everything out. And to reference another podcast, as for the demon that made a surprise visit to my lost 19-year-old self, please stay in your hellhole and let's never meet. This happened a lifetime ago, but I remember it like it was yesterday. This was back in the early 2000s. Not quite Y2K early 2000s, more like Apple has just announced they're releasing something called an iPhone early 2000s. This happened back when gas was only $3.38 a gallon. This was a time where there was no shortage of affordable gas, endless energy, endless possibilities, and no nightmare rectangles. Simpler times for sure. My friends and I are from the Bay Area in California, and at least once per month, we would drive down to Los Angeles just for the day, then turn around and come back at night. At this point, we had made this sort of all-nighter trip several times, but this time was our last. First, let me explain this drive to you because let me tell you, Driving from the Bay Area to Los Angeles is no simple feat. The drive takes at least six hours. Last I checked, days only have 24 hours. So yeah, it wasn't a super practical trip to make. It's a very rural, desolate drive at times. Yes, of course, there is civilization at times, but there are also a lot of cows and cow smells on the drive. The drive there went without a hitch nothing out of the ordinary at all. My friends and I had a super chill day in Los Angeles and around 10 o'clock at night decided to begin the trek back. At the time, my best friend was our best option for a nighttime driver. She was the only one who could safely drive a car full of sleeping people without also falling asleep. About three hours into our journey, we were driving by cornfields in the middle of nowhere. My best friend noticed a green light rapidly darting back and forth. The rest of the car was asleep. After observing this for a few minutes, she reached to where I was sitting and hit my knee to wake me up to see this since she wanted a second opinion. I was able to get a better look at this mysterious light since I wasn't the one driving, and I was able to see it was actually a... Well, it was not like anything I've seen before. It wasn't an airplane or a helicopter. It wasn't anything I could even identify but it was absolutely some kind of aircraft. The green light continued to dart all around this cornfield. Sometimes it was close, sometimes it was far. Sometimes it was low to the ground, sometimes it was in the air above the cornstalks. It was bananas. I guess whoever or whatever was controlling this aircraft finally saw our car. We were the only ones on that road at that time, and it was interested in us. 
It followed alongside for a little bit. My best friend and I were definitely reacting to what was happening. And at this point, everyone in the car was wide awake. The light and the aircraft seemingly disappeared for just a moment. We all felt somewhat relieved. But when we made it a little further up the road, this aircraft was waiting for us. The next thing we know, it was right next to our car on the side of the road. Like I said in the beginning, this was just barely pre-iPhone days. So we were all trying to get a picture of this, whatever it was, with our digital cameras. Everyone in the car had one. You know how in sci-fi movies or shows, all human technology kind of malfunctions? Well, gang, that's exactly what happened. It started with the stereo. The stereo just stopped and the car went silent. Our digital cameras weren't working. Our Motorola razors weren't working. Nothing was working. Right when we were driving past again, whatever that thing was, it rotated and shined a bright white light right at us. The entire car was illuminated and everyone was screaming. Then it simply backed up really quickly back into the cornfield, then shot up into the air. And it was gone. That was it. Everyone in the car was still wide awake, but sitting in stunned silence. We continued our drive for a bit and stopped at the very first well-lit gas station we could find. It was close to two o'clock in the morning, and we just made a frenzied phone call to the first person we could think of, my best friend's mom. We told her everything that happened. To this day, I'm not entirely sure if she believes our story, but she's always kind of been the mom for our whole friend group, so even if she didn't believe the story, she definitely believed the emotions we experienced when this happened. After we calmed down a bit and filled up the gas tank, we got back on the road. Everyone was still wide awake after this happened. Everyone in the car continued to sit in stunned silence. Every once in a while, someone would break the silence by just saying, seriously, what the fuck was that? And just like that, the single day trips to LA were a no-go for all of us. Hello, I live in Portugal. I want to share with you some of my life experiences that so far, I cannot explain. I would like your opinion on this lifetime of occurrences. I will be as brief as possible. One reason I am sharing this with you is not to get a solution to my problem, because there isn't one, and it has become part of my life and routine. My wife knows about it and accepts it. My son probably won't know about it, just so he isn't ridiculed but I'd like to share this knowledge with you, and maybe you can provide me with an opinion on the matter. I've been experiencing this since I remember existing and becoming self-aware. I will divide this into phases of my life as the experiences change accordingly. Throughout my infancy and childhood, I had no idea what an alien was, and sleeping was a terrifying experience. I have memories of me awakening and seeing hooded figures around my bed. 
Some of them were unhooded and were bald with large heads, staring at me. I couldn't move or react. Sometimes I urinated my bed in fear. Those days I called them snowmen because they were white like snow and had big heads. Besides this, I had one interesting episode in the bedroom I shared with my sister, who was also very little at that time. One day we both woke up and the bedroom was upside down. The beds were in the wrong position, the mattresses were on the floor, and the sheets were everywhere. We both woke up on the floor and not in our beds. Things like this kept going on during my adolescence. One day I saw a program called Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack, and the episode was about alien abductions. When they described a gray alien, it was exactly like the snowmen. When I saw it, I completely panicked. To this day, whenever I see a picture or drawing of a gray, I become very frightened and get goosebumps. For some reason, every time I speak about this, my eyes begin to tear up and I feel very sad. After I moved into my own bedroom, on a daily basis, I experienced episodes that involved paralysis. I would wake up in bed, not being able to move, and there was a blue light, accompanied by a mist. I usually always turned my head toward the light switch, and then I would become stuck and frozen. Only my eyeballs moved, nothing else, not even my eyelids. I had very blurry vision, because my eyelids were semi-closed. I would also see shadowy humanoids around my bed doing something to me. Most of the time they would be touching my chest. I remember it being done both roughly and gently. One time I was really stressed while the experience happened and one of the shadows touched my head with its hand and comforted me, patting my head. In the end, I would wake up yelling and regain mobility with lots of sweat and nothing was there. In some episodes, I was able to reach the light switch, but it didn't work, like there was no power. In one episode, I was able to get on my feet and run to the corridor that led to my parents' bedroom. But then I lost mobility, began floating, and a hand grabbed me from behind and pulled me back into the bedroom while I was still floating. I lost consciousness afterwards. It was too blurry to see the hands in detail, but they were big hands. I had another interesting episode where I was laying in my bed, turned to my side and facing my digital clock, which had big red numbers. I once again lost mobility, then saw several shadows entering my bedroom. While they passed between my bed and the clock, they blocked the light coming from it. Then for a long time, I felt hands doing something to my back. While this was happening, I was looking at the clock, unable to move, and watching the minutes pass. Here are some other assorted bizarre things that have gone on. One day while I was out with friends, my parents were disturbed during a power outage. They saw a light resembling a candle flame enter their living room window, go through a corridor, and passed through a mirror where they saw its reflection. 
It then went to my bedroom and through my window, passing through the glass like it had no matter. I tried to resist one of the experiences and felt a hand grab my leg and throw me to the floor, which is where I woke up. I once saw the light and knew what was going to happen. I thought out loud, I am not in the mood today. Piss off, go away, not today. The light vanished and nothing happened. One day I had another one of these episodes and after it happened, I woke up. It was winter and water leaked into my room via the window, soaking the floor below. I saw small footprints going from my bed to the window. At my school, we had a fence with a hole where we would escape into the woods nearby. During the last day of school prior to Easter holidays, I remember going alone into the woods, heading to a clearing, and all of the sudden, I froze. I felt like something was watching me. I went into a state of complete panic and slowly started limping to get out of the woods. Yes, limping, because I had very little mobility and felt paralyzed. When I left the woods, I went back to the hole in the fence and looked back. I saw something walking in the woods in my direction. Walking, not running. I could only see its legs. It was wearing a silver suit. I ran back to the school to meet my friends. Well, it was 5 p.m. I went to the woods after lunch, at 2. They were worried because I wasn't anywhere to be found all that time. Also, during my adolescence... I had to see if all the windows in the house were locked, every night with my father, as he was paranoid that someone could invade our house through the windows and hurt us. My spine was x-rayed as part of my scoliosis treatment. I had received a full-body x-ray, and the doctor who was following my case was puzzled when he saw the x-ray. I had an unknown object lodged in my femur. So I had another x-ray done, and there it was, a hole in the bone, and something was in there. The doctor was very worried and said that I could have bone cancer. I had to do more testing and didn't have cancer. But a month later, I had nothing, no hole or object. Onto my adult life, 27 years later, I moved into my first apartment. And here I have some colorful stories to tell. I kept having episodes, sometimes involving the light, sometimes not. One day I had an extremely violent episode where they held me down in bed while doing things to my body. I felt a hand push my head into the mattress and I couldn't move. I kept yelling internally, leave me alone, get out, stop, go away. And all of a sudden they stopped. Most of the hands stopped touching me, except the one that's on my head. When it stopped sinking me against the pillow, I heard my father's voice. Hey son, how are you doing? Are you okay? Look, just relax. Everything is going to be okay. I kind of started calming down. And then I realized, hey, I don't live with you anymore. You're not my father. And then the hands get back and start pushing me against the pillow, almost like crushing my head. And I hear a very loud, angry screech. I woke up in panic, running around my house. 
yelling out loud for help. Nothing was there, and well, I'm sure my neighbors enjoyed the experience as well. The next day, I go to sleep and I see this doctor guy talking to me. Hello, remember me? I was your doctor when you were a child. Is everything okay with you? And then his tone changes, and he says, Look, we need you to cooperate with us. It's very important. A lot is at stake here. Can you help us? And I say, Okay, I'll help. I black out and wake up paralyzed in my bed, and only my eyeballs move. I slowly regain control of my body. First my fingers, toes, then my arms, then my legs, etc. One time I was online playing World of Warcraft when suddenly the light switch in my kitchen flips by its own initiative and the lights turn on. As I was playing, I screamed into my headset. There was someone in my kitchen, help, to the people I was playing with. Nothing was in the kitchen. I also had, for some reason, a marking of a hand on my kitchen wall. Five very long fingers near the window. I met the love of my life, and we decided to move in together, and the daily episodes stopped. However, I still sometimes experience episodes, although they're very spaced out. I'm now 42, by the way. I started having what I call gray contaminated dreams, which start as normal dreams, then all of a sudden, bing, a gray pops up and I wake up in a panic, screaming. I'll give you an example. I'm on the bench and see a beautiful blonde woman. It's sunny, and all of a sudden it gets cloudy, cold, and there isn't a woman anymore. Instead, there is a gray alien grabbing my hand, and I wake up. And of the few episodes I had, well, I remember going to my living room in the morning to have my breakfast, and there were four greys at the table. I sit with them, drink my coffee, and have an amicable chat with them. Sup dudes, what's up, all good? I'm talking to them telepathically, and then I wake up. I remember one time going to sleep, then waking up on a metal table in a mental fog, as if I was drugged leaving the table and walking through metal corridors. Then I fall down and someone grabs me. With my blurry vision, I see its naked, muscular, humanoid body. And the head, it had black eyes, like the greys, but the head was deformed, not pear-like. It was uneven, not symmetrical, and the creature said hello. I say, leave me alone, who are you? And he says, I am your brother. Then I woke up. One time, I had pictures of stars shoved in my head, with a voice asking, Where are we from? The voice changed each time I would see a different star. One moment, I would hear my father, my mother, my wife, my co-worker, my boss, always asking where we are. The star picture changed with each question. There were red stars, blue stars, white stars, yellow stars, and finally I heard, we are here. The star picture changed with each question. There were red stars, blue stars, white stars, yellow stars, and finally I heard, we are here. 
and I see a yellow star and a close-up of a planet orbiting. And then I hear, Tau Ceti. I woke up and googled Tau Ceti. And it's a yellow star with two Goldilocks planets, meaning they could potentially support life. I was baffled. I had heard about Tau Ceti. I knew it was a star, but I had no idea it was yellow or that it had any habitable planets around it. Last experience I had, my baby was in bed between me and my wife. He was one month old at the time, a very small and fragile sweet thing. I fell asleep and wake up to see a gray staring at me at point-blank range. His black eyes blinked. They looked like membranes, not actual eyelids. And he just kept staring at me. I remember thinking out loud, not the baby, not the baby. I was paralyzed, but my rage got to the point where I hurled myself against him with my hands at his neck, and I woke up on the floor next to the bed with a sore head because apparently I knocked my head into the wall when I pulled the stunt. Now, is this real? I really can't say. Maybe I'm psychotic and delusional, but although I don't practice and work in another area, I have a master's degree in forensic psychology so I would know if I was, somehow, delusional. If this is real, I don't think these creatures are hostile or have ill intent. For some reason, they accompany us for all of our lives. And for me, these experiences just become somewhat normal and regular, like drinking a cup of coffee every day, having a shower, or getting a visit from our little friends. If a gray were to show up in front of me on normal terms, I think I would scream in panic and then say, Oh, it's you. Then I would introduce him to my wife and invite him for a cup of tea. That's how used to this I am. I know this sounds crazy, but that's how ambivalent I feel about this. Almost like I have Stockholm Syndrome. I'm from a very paranormal town in Georgia. Just about every person you meet will have a paranormal story for you. And then there are the people who know about the Old Young's Mill Bridge. It's a very short bridge that is built over a river and surrounded by trees. It was shut down a long time ago, but if you know what you're looking for, you can turn down the right road and find it. It's very secluded and has an abandoned castle just next to it, with what appears to be a small stone house that's been abandoned a long, long time. Everyone knows one thing about the bridge for sure. It's haunted as fuck. A few friends and I decided we really wanted to visit it one night, just for the hell of it. I hadn't been there before, and they hadn't been in years. It was about 1 a.m., and there are no lights out there. No streetlights, no passing cars, no houses just total blackness and the moonlight. Well, there are poles set up in front of the bridge, so you can't drive on it, but you can walk on it. So we're walking around and talking about how pretty the sky is and whatnot when it gets really creepily quiet. All of us get the same someone is standing right behind you vibe. We continue to look around because we ain't afraid of no ghosts. 
Then we hear the sounds like people whispering under the bridge. We lean over it, and fairly close to the bridge's base, on the riverbank, we see shadows moving behind a rock, which, later, weren't there. When we went back in the daylight, we literally couldn't find the rock structure we had all recalled. We see a head or two pop above the rock, and stare at us. Now remember, it's really dark out there, so we aren't totally sure what we're seeing, only that we're all seeing the same thing. Like idiots, we continue fucking around on the bridge, and we guess it's possibly some teenagers just having fun on the bank, maybe smoking some pot or having sex or something. Just a few moments later, one of our friends is by the edge of the bridge on the side we entered, just kind of looking around. Just across from him, maybe three or four yards away, is a shadow. To me, it looked like a short humanoid thing, crouching in the branches facing us. One of our other friends pointed it out, and just as everyone looked, it jumped. It went straight past our friend on the edge of the bridge. He didn't hear us point it out, but he immediately turned to face us and starts freaking out, saying that he just heard something whiz past his head. My girlfriend and I are also freaking out. We say we really want to go home now because the super creepy, vulnerable, dangerous feeling is starting to get intense. As soon as we start grouping together, about to leave, wolves or maybe dogs start howling from all directions around us. I mean, it sounded like it was coming from everywhere. And it started all at once. It wasn't just one dog started its sort of deal. It lasted for a few howls. Then it stopped all at once, too, with one dog whimpering in the distance. That was our cue to leave. Like an idiot, I returned to the bridge a few months later, with my mom and stepfather this time. It's approaching midnight when my stepdad and I got out of the car. He doesn't believe in the paranormal at all, but he wanted to entertain me anyway. My mom has a huge phobia of bridges, so she stayed in the car. We're just walking around on the bridge, and there aren't any weird feelings at all. Nothing creepy happening. I actually was kind of let down at first, because I wanted to prove to him that this bridge was definitely haunted. We're just talking when suddenly the hairs on my neck stand up. I felt like something was on the other end of the bridge watching us. I got a shiver up my spine, and I grabbed his arm. His eyes grew wide, and he whispered to me, Do you feel like something is watching us? Now, I'm about to shit myself, because he can definitely feel it. He doesn't even turn around to check, he just grabs my hand and pulls me along to the car as quickly as he can. And he is a very tough dude, and can't be scared by anything, so I'm unnerved now. We approach the car that my mom is inside of, and we try to open the doors, but they're locked. We watch my mom hit the unlock button, but it doesn't work. This isn't an old car or anything, it's a good car with no issues, and it's never not unlocked before. He starts knocking on the window, saying, please, please, let us in. She finally hits the unlock button a few more times, and it unlocks. But the alarm on the car starts blaring. I'm freaking out. I jump in the car. We hightail it out of there, only to notice it had just turned midnight. My mom also said she felt fine at first, but after it passed midnight, she got super freaked out and was literally seconds away from calling us back to the car when she saw us rushing to get back in. Like an even bigger idiot, I returned to the bridge again, many more months later, this time with my boyfriend. 
It had just passed midnight, which I told him was the creepiest time to go. The second we pull up and park, I instantly want to leave. I felt super, super unwelcomed there. He was fine at first and got a phone call from his friend. I was just sitting in the driver's side of his truck, and he was leaning on the truck bed, facing the bridge. The feeling got more and more intense, so I started begging him to either get off the phone and come look at the bridge so we could leave, or just get back in the truck. He tells me to hold on a minute, and he's almost done with his phone call, when suddenly, as I'm staring off into the woods, facing the entrance to the road, he rushes to the driver's side of the truck and urges me to move over, move over, move over now! He throws his phone in the seat, completely not giving a fuck about his friend on the phone. I scoot over into the passenger seat, he slams the door and guns it out of there. Now, I'm alarmed because I have no idea what happened. He explains that on the other end of the bridge, the same end where my stepfather and I felt something watching us, the same end that has an abandoned castle just beyond it, he saw a man standing there, just staring at us. And I was like, okay, and? He's clearly freaked out from what he's just seen, so he's rambling at first, but he manages to tell me that it looked like a, quote, very deformed man in torn-up overalls and a hat. He has refused to return to the bridge now. Now my question is, who's up for being the biggest idiot and visiting this bridge with me again? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Odd Trails. This week you have heard, Was That a Demon by Cece? Aliens What the Fuck by Jennifer. My Story by Cam Saria. And finally, Old Young's Mill Bridge by Owl Be Watching You. All of the stories you've heard this week were narrated and produced with the permission of their respective authors. Odd Trails is not associated with any message boards online. If you have any stories you'd like heard on the show, submit them to stories at oddtrails.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Odd Trails Podcast. Thanks so much to Amanda and Cassidy of Drinking the Kool-Aid, two of our favorite podcasters here over at Odd Trails. Don't forget, please check out their podcast at dtkpod.com or search Drinking the Kool-Aid wherever you get your podcasts. It's truly one of my favorite shows, and I've never missed an episode. Well, I think the planes have finally let out. I, th- I think the uh, the weather conditions up in the sky are finally in our favor. Yeah, and it, it happened as soon as we were done recording this episode. Of course. Uh, the entire time we were recording, we had to stop over and over again for these planes that were just doing laps around my neighborhood. I mean, I know I live close to an airport, but this was ridiculous. It was like the same plane over and over it again. It was. It was. He was targeting us. Um this piece of shit in a Cessna and a cigar in his hand. He was just doing barrel rolls right above Andrew's house, taunting us. And I believe I saw a banner saying Odd Trail sucks. Yeah, I think he was spelling something out. Something out, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it reminded me of like stories about people being gang stalked. You know, they'll have like planes and helicopters and cars yeah, and stuff. Yeah, like white industrial vans and machinery just chasing people around. I think the gang stalkers, I think they're going with the airplane. Yeah, for sure. Airplane, airplane is definitely the favorite mode of gang stalk transport. Which is funny because, I mean, not really funny because gang stalking is either a serious mental issue or it is 
a real thing. Yeah. Um, we're never really going to know. We're never going to know. If, they're, if they are real or if there are real ones. But, I mean, it's not hard to believe that the government or some secret agency or group are stalking people for whatever reasons. Uh, but there's got to be more subtle ways to do it than there's airplanes. Gotta be. There's got to be. Helicopters. Making a grand announcement that we're hey we're uh, we're stalking you. Unless they want you to know they're stalking you. Right. Yeah. Just part of the, the psychological torture. Exactly. The mental warfare. Yeah. Yeah. And the stories are all so similar. It reminds me of uh, the Men in Black thing because those that's kind of a gang stalking type thing uh-huh. where whenever. There's thousands of these stories throughout history where people will have alien encounters or UFO sightings and they will be stalked by men in black all throughout life, you know, showing up saying, hey, you didn't see anything, mm-hmm. uh, just sending them threatening messages, just following them, stalking them. And it's always the same story. Like they always seem human, but not quite like their bodies are a little too boxy. Their yeah. skin's like too tight on their their insides. I don't know. I don't know the right way to say it, but... Uh, we do have some men in black stories that, that we'll share with you soon. I wouldn't be surprised that. if even the uh, the folks who like every so often harass Bob Lazar, telling him to shut his mouth and to uh, debrief himself a little bit better. I wouldn't be surprised if those people were men in black or yeah. gang stalker variety. Yeah, there's got to be a group doing that because there's just too many stories and they all line up so well. It also another thing it reminds me of. I'm just babbling here is. The, uh, the Truman Show syndrome, or I think that's what they call it. Oh, yeah, it. they just ripped the name off in the movie. Exactly. <laughs> I know I know they ripped the name off the movie. Uh, Fucking scientists and pilots. What's up with them, man? Scientists and pilots. Scientists you guys and gotta pilots. Go. Y'all got to go. Sorry. Yeah, People, don't need you. We weren't meant to be in the sky, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, where, where they, they think that the whole world is like a TV show and it's all just a setup around them. Nothing's really real. Maybe that's true. I wish I were that important. That sounds kind of dope, actually. Like, it is a little narcissistic, I it guess. Is, oh, for sure. It definitely is. <laughs> the entire world revolves around you. Man, wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Well, thanks, everyone, <laughs> for listening. We had a great time uh, this week. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the stories. If you have a paranormal experience that you would like to submit and have it heard on the show, please send it in to stories at oddtrails.com. You can also find us on Instagram. Our handle is at oddtrailspodcast. We don't really mess around with much else on social media, so whatever. See us on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram's the way to go. It's the most fun. Uh, We'll see you all next week for a brand new episode of Odd Trails. Thank you so much. Peace out. Stay safe.